0: loves. Welcome back to everything with Ali Levine. I am so, so excited for today's guest. I have such an incredible man with me today. I have been working on getting him on. Our schedules have been crazy and he has been so incredibly busy doing all the things that he does best with sharing online and his show. And I'm going to get into all of that, but I have the incredible David Rodriguez. And before I bring him on, I want to share a little bit about him for those of you guys that don't know him. So a little bit about David never give up and always show up. That was the early life lesson, heavyweight boxer David Nino Rodriguez most attributes to the success of his career. Of his 36 professional bouts, he has an impressive record of 34 knockouts with 24 of them being in the first round, a number that relieved Mike Tyson of his legendary first round record. Rodriguez was born in El Paso, Texas. He first hit the bags and began learning simple combinations at the early age of five. At age 14, he had his first amateur fight against a junior Olympic champion. He was a bundle of nerves and was beat up badly in the first round, but in the second, knocked his seasoned adversary out cold. It shocked the tournament and garnered headlines. But more than that, Rodriguez had now beginning the taste of blood, which only served to further fuel his passion for the brutal. But beautiful craft of his boxing, and guys, that's just the start of his journey. Like I told him, I wanted to have him on because not only is he the know this famous boxer, but he's also tackled going through um, an addiction, which he will get into, and his story and what he went through and how he actually woke up in the world. And so, I wanted him to share all this with you guys. So, David, welcome to my show.
1: Thank you for having me. What You're an You're so
0: welcome. <laughs> I mean, look, you're so inspiring. Like I was reading you know your story and everything about you, and I'm like, man, you have been through a lot of shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a little too much. after ten <laughs> lifetimes and it' been knock on wood. Hopefully I don't I mean, hey, life is tough. I know more to come, but hopefully the uh, the hard part, <laughs> the hardest part was done first. Yeah, for, for sure.
0: Well, I mean, so take us back, you know, you, you did this at such a young age, you know, did you, did you want to do this at age five? Like, I mean, that's a really young age to start into boxing. Like how did this all um, start?
1: No, 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 no. Um, yeah. And I was, okay. Well, it all happened. I got beat up on the playground when I was about five years old and it happened like re- repeatedly almost every day, really. And it, um, what happened was I would show up to my house and, with my bicycle and and I would be black eyed, bloody nose, busted lip. And, you know, there's only so many times you can say that you fell off the swing set and my parents started catching on. And, uh, my sister one day was like, let's follow him and see what's really going on. And to their surprise at the park, I was, I was getting beat up handled very easily and beat up and thrown on the floor and punched by a little girl. (laughs) And, um, this girl well you know she was a few years older than me was beating the crap out of me every day and sending me home and crying and and uh, my dad saw this and he said no son of mine you know no son of mine so he took me to the boxing gym in the ghetto and and it was in east el paso so it was in the it was in the it was the uh close to northeast el paso basically and that's like the the area back then that was really uh, ghetto. (laughs) And uh, he took me to the city gym and I started training with Tom McKay and Rocky Galarza and they started teaching me how to throw punches at the young age of five years old. And, and really my dad, I guess, didn't really know what to do. You know, he just knew that I had to learn how to defend myself, but he took me to a real gym, you know, these real gyms, you know, with these poor kids are, Are there? They're fighting through their life. They want to get out of the ghetto, you know. And here I am, some little upper middle class kid, getting thrown in there with all the wolves. (laughs) And you know, I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. And it uh, just—I remember—I was crying. I didn't. I felt like I was being punished. And um, it just over the the weeks, months, and then eventually years, it grew on me and boxing you know I always say boxing picked me I didn't pick boxing
0: wow I mean that's that's so crazy but I mean at the same time so inspiring because I think a lot of times you know things that happen in our lives choose us and we don't necessarily say like oh this is what I want to do
1: right and you know I have a lot of kids these days that come up to me and say hey mister or sir uh, I want to be a boxer how do I be a boxer I'm like it's not something you want to be (laughs) You know, boxing either possesses you, or it does not. It's not a sport like football or soccer, and even then, those athletes have to be, in their own right, possessed. But boxing, so much more. Uh, It's a lonely sport. It's a gladiator sport. You're, you know, um, and it's it's dangerous. It's you don't play boxing. You know, boxing is um, mano a mano, and the objective is to knock the other person out, you know? So you don't go into that thinking, Oh, I love boxing. I'm a fan of boxing. I I like to hit the bag on the weekends. Now I'm going to be a boxer. No boxing needs to possess you. And it needs to be a lifestyle and you have to do it uh, 24 seven. You know, it goes before women. It goes before social life. It goes before everything. If you want to be any good, otherwise you're going to get hurt. So I tell kids, you know, if you this is not something you just want to do, you need to understand what you're what you're asking here and demanding out of your life. So, um, like I said, it's a lifestyle and you need to be possessed by this sport in order to do it.
0: So, OK, so fast forward to you speaking about that and then, you know, you becoming this champion boxer and really, you know, getting into your craft and owning it and obviously, you know, really working hard at it to be at the level that you were and the headlines that you were garnering and everything that was happening. I mean, the fact that, you know, you passed Mike Tyson's, you know, level and everything. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's no small, you know, um, accomplishment, you know, I mean, that's a big deal. So when you say possessed, and when you say that you were so in it, you know, talking about we were saying before you came on, you know, your journey of now that you're sober for a year, do you feel that when you got so into it and it kind of possessed you and you became that boxer is that what then played into the rest of your you know life and your personal journey
1: um i knew like tuesday follows monday i was gonna be heavyweight champion i was expected to be heavyweight champion for a long time i was the number one prospect i just felt like it was in my dna and i was had one objective and i was to be champion of the world um what I did not know that was going to come with that would be the stress, the expectations, um, the bad business in boxing, which was, you know, it's, it's, uh, the the crooked promoters, the crooked managers, um, all the bad stuff that came with it. You don't expect that, you know, I went into boxing with the love of the sport to, um, become a champion and, you know, live my dream. But, it turned it slowly turned into a nightmare and that is really what helped shape me for the rest of my life because what was all gold what was all glitter and gold was was fake to me i i saw what this you know i saw a lot of bad stuff in the sport it's a very very hard sport so it did mold and shape me for the rest of my life kind of uh gave me an education i wasn't prepared to receive
0: wow i mean when you just said You know dream to a nightmare i I had chills for you because i think that what you just said for a lot of people who look at someone like yourself or even me when i'm styled celebrities you know they think that it's all glitz and glam and they think it's all glamour and it's when you actually hear about the stories and you actually speak to the people who work in this or have that as their actual career it's a whole different picture
1: Yeah, it is. Um, You see the reality of it. And it's a lot, you know, they say LA is a land of broken dreams, right? I mean, how many people go out there wanting to be this famous actor, actress, model, whatever. And next thing you know, they're on the acting couch getting moves made on them or doing things they don't want to do. And then their life completely takes a left turn, you know, or, or in anything, you know, in, in, you know, how many people go there and they just can't hack it for the first couple of years or, or they get almost famous. They make it up that hill just almost to the peak and then slide down, you know, and then never seen again. You know, that's just everybody's story.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so no true. Difference in,
1: yeah. You know, no difference in sports, but people, what I had to learn after boxing was to enjoy the simple things in life again, because that's really what life's about. It's, you know, you're talking to a guy right now, me, that's, I dealt with massive amounts of adrenaline and massive amounts of stimulation and glory, and ego, I mean everything, everything that I thought was real, okay, everything that I thought really mattered in life, was wrong. I was wrong, and I'm happy to admit I was wrong, I'm happy I was wrong, because now I know what life's about, it's about peace, serenity, having your sanity, and just enjoying the simple things that God gave you, that's what life's about, and that's the beauty of it,
0: Oh my God. I I got chills from that because it's so, it's so true. It's like people will ask me, you know, from styling celebrities and jumping on, you know, planes and going here and going there. And they're like, Oh, don't you miss that lifestyle now that you're a mom at home with, you know, two little ones. And I'm like, sure. I have moments of course, where my ego checks in and I, I miss, you know, those, those moments or those opportunities, but you're right. It's like, I sit here and I really do enjoy like the peace and the calmness of my life and the non-drama. And it's so true. It's like those simple things is really what it all boils down to. And it's society and everything loves to tell us that like what you just described of reaching and becoming the top and being the victor and getting the glory and the headlines and the fame and all the things that follow, that's what you think in the moment it's going to bring you happiness and it's going to bring you that like completeness.
1: Right. And, and it's, and it's fake. It doesn't. So here's the thing. So for some people, listen, it, it, it does bring in that maybe from just speaking for myself, it did not. Uh, especially when I retired and I got knocked out twice, um, you know, I was 36 and Oh, 35 knockouts, uh, 25 first round knockouts. I mean, I was, I was a force to be reckoned with, you know, and, and, And I I just, I was this, I didn't even know who I was. My whole identity was boxing, you know? I thought I was this superhero. I thought I was Superman. Um, And I partied hard. I womanized hard. I drank hard. I thought I could do everything and anything. And I did. I got away with everything that I was doing for a, a certain period of time. And then it all caught up to me, like, here's your tab, sir. Like, when I was about 35, And it all hit me right then. And that's when I realized, you know, after I got, you know, my throat slit open now and I overdosed on drugs the same year. So I died. I literally flatlined twice in the same year. Come back and I get knocked out. My whole reality blew up in front of my face. And putting the pieces together afterwards, being this top prospect, everybody kissing my ass, being treated like a god. To nothing from hero to zero okay that picking up those pieces of my reality let me tell you something i wanted to blow my head off like i did not want to live anymore i failed myself i failed my family i failed my god i i failed everything in my view and i wanted to die and it wasn't until I started helping other people and going outside myself and doing these anti-bullying um, seminars and speeches and speaking engagements and living outside myself for God. That really, I started to realize. Wait a second, I have to give God a chance, and in return, it gave me a chance. And I started realizing there's. I started learning to live again. It was hard, believe me, it was hard. After boxing, I went through about five years of what I would call the dark night of the soul. And I had to reinvent myself. Okay. I had to reinvent myself completely. And that was the hardest time of my life. Five years of dark, deep depression. And I just said this on the other podcast. I said, it was like being stranded in the middle of the ocean on a canoe in the middle of the night with no compass, naked, freezing cold. That's how I felt in my life. That's where I was at in my life. I had no bearings. I just didn't know where I was at. And that's, that's really what I was going through. And it wasn't until I started helping other people and looking outside of myself. And I was also broke, by the way, let's throw that in there. Let's throw that in the equation. It wasn't until I started reaching outside of myself and helping other people and making sacrifices to quit drinking that my life completely turned around. And I am so happy on who I am today. But I had to make sacrifices and allow God to change my life.
0: So incredible. I mean, so first off, when you were sharing that story, I was getting tears because, you know, when you said that you started doing, you know, the anti bullying and speaking and you were helping other, you know, kids that are maybe obviously inspired and inspired by you and looking up to you you know, you became, whether you realize it or not, you became of service. And I, you know, it's like, it's so interesting how I interview all these incredible people. And every time someone shares a story where they turn around in their life, it's when they become of service to others.
1: Yes. And I'll be honest with you. Those kids saved my life. I mean, I remember it was about, I haven't, I didn't laugh for like a year and I would show up to this school and I talk to the kids and they would ask these questions. I started laughing again. And I was like, whoa, I haven't laughed in such a long time. I mean, that's how depressed I was. And um, those kids really did turn me around and change my life um, and taught me how to live again, to be honest.
0: That's beautiful. I mean, you know, on a kind of different note, but for me, I went through heavy postpartum depression with my first daughter uh, two and a half years ago. And I felt the same way. I didn't know how to laugh. I didn't know how to be myself. I lost my identity completely. I didn't know who I was. And when I came out of it, you know, it was like, I found myself all over again. I felt like I had been reborn. And then when my second daughter was born just, you know, past year during the pandemic of 2020, She really like was this healing birth for me because I was able to like step into who I truly was of like my authentic self and at my core and no longer worry about like the ego and the judgment and all the crap that I had taken with me with my first birth that should have never mattered. And I was able to feel and be happy and like still now, you know, seven months into being a mom of two, like enjoy motherhood and my girls absolutely saved me in so many ways.
1: Exactly. And he, 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 that's so true. Everything you just said right there is so true. And here's another thing I wanted to bring up. I had to experience the death of myself. And what I mean by that is literally, symbolically, I had to go through death. I mean, I literally died on the table, was brought back with a defibrillator. And then my career was taken from me. My identity was stripped from me. That person, that that guy, David Rodriguez, David Nino Rodriguez, the fighter, died. And I had to deal with that. So I had a mourning process of five years where I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I meant to the world. All I knew was I was the champion boxer. I witnessed my friends leave me. I had an entourage of 25 to 30 friends. Three years later, I realized none of them really liked me at all. It was like turning the lights on and the roaches scatter. I lost everybody, okay? And I'm not saying this is a sob story. This is just a lesson that I had to learn, and it was a hard one. I was like Superman flying over buildings um, with a cape, looking down on everybody, and then all of a sudden, boom, crash, go through the cement, and I'm in a wheelchair. And then you realize how people really treat you. So I experienced both sides of that life. And so it really gave me an education. I could have never really, and that's what I meant in the beginning when I said an education. It gave me this education I wasn't asking for. And it really showed me two highs and lows. The peak, the highest peak of being a pro athlete, a gladiator, a boxer, a heavyweight champion fighter, to from hero to zero and the snap of a finger. I mean, it was a dose of reality I never would have expected or asked for. But now that I've had it and I lived through it and I got through it, I'm happy because it transformed me and turned me into a person that I like much, much more. You know, there was a time I couldn't sleep. I still have a problem sleeping, but I used to like sleep three hours a night. I my there was always something on my conscience I didn't really like the person I was, to be honest with you, no matter how much glory I got and fame and women and whatever, friends. I didn't like that. I guess I really didn't like that person because now I sleep and I can watch a whole movie without having to get up and pace around. I couldn't do that before. So, man, what, what a difference in my life.
0: Wow. I just, I literally got choked up for you. I was just sitting here taking deep breaths because I mean, I appreciate how vulnerable and raw you're sharing, but you know, to go through that, like you said, and actually sit and be in that darkness. I mean, the, to just, it, it's so inspiring for others that are listening now to know that they can get to the other side and get to, to the light, but to hear you say it, I mean, it's quite emotional.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it was just my reality. It's my story. And, you know, even when, even when I wrote my book, I wrote when the lights go out. And the reason I wrote that book was really for me. I wrote it for, a, for therapy because it was symbolic of me when I shut that book and I finished that book. I wrote the whole book on my phone, by the way, wow! <laughs> I wrote it all texting 300 pages, but for me, shutting that book and finishing it was like seeing a therapist, like years of therapy all in one month and it just I ended it I put it all out on paper and shut the book and and that was that you know I was very blunt very honest very very forward in that book and the reason why is because it was for me the whole time it was for me it was it was for my therapy it was cathartic and so that probably helped me a lot um but I'll say this, the biggest help for me was giving me the gift of not drinking, was quitting the drinking. So that, that saved my life. I got to say.
0: Yeah. Well, and you just celebrated, you know, one year sober, which congratulations. I mean, that's a huge milestone. And, you know, I mean, how did you, for someone that might be listening that maybe is going through something similar, you know, as you and has an addiction and, you know, doesn't even know where to start. Like, how were you able to go ahead and say, I'm going to stop this because I I need to try to change my life.
1: I was at a bar. Well, for, for all of 2019, I was getting this, this nudge and it, uh, it was like intuitive, you know, it was, it was this feeling of stop drinking, David, stop drinking. I kept feeling this and hearing this in my soul stop drinking. you got to stop. Something's coming. Something's coming. And I was like, man, what, why am I feeling this? And then I was at a bar and I was sitting there with, I was standing there at the bar and there was a mirror behind the bar where you could look into it. And, and I was looking around and, and uh, I was, you know, I probably had about four or five shots. I'm drinking my last beer, not my last beer, but I didn't know it was my last beer at the time. Um, And I started looking around in the bar and I started looking at my friends and I, and I was staring at them and I was thinking to myself, God, I don't want to be like those guys in five years, man. You know, I just kept thinking that. And then I kept looking around. I looked at my other friends. and I was like, oh, I do not want to be like these guys. And then I looked in the mirror and I was like, holy shit. I am these guys. I'm the washed up boxer at the bar. And then I just had this epiphany. It's never going to get any better from here unless I stop drinking. So... The way I stopped was it just hit me all at once like a ton of bricks. I chugged my beer. I did finish the last beer, put it (laughs) down, and I said, I'm out of here. And they go, where are you going? I go, I'm just going to go to the restroom real quick. And I walked out of that bar and I never went back. Wow. That's how it happened. Because I just saw, I had an epiphany. I was like, dude, how many times do I have to die? How many times do I have to hit rock bottom and realize rock bottom has a basement? You know, how many times before this is just gets it before God just says, you know what, you haven't learned your lesson, you're out of here. And then what I go, I, you know, at the end, I look back on my life and be like, oh, all I did was drink. I didn't learn anything, you know, so I really had to make an educated decision. I, I even sat down with a piece of paper and I wrote the pros and cons after that. And I said, what do I want out of my life? And I go, I was so scared because the only escape I had was to drink. Right. That was the only thing that took me away from my fears, my depression. So it was a ballsy move to say, you know what? I don't know what God has in store for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. But I remember this old uh, Zen proverb, which is take the leap of faith and the net will appear. So I did. I said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to test. And I don't like to say I test God, but I said, I'm going to test this, you know, and, and go for it. So I did, you know, I first did the first 10 days then 30, then 40. And I'm like, oh, I'm itching for a drink. I'm itching for a drink, then 50. Then I'm like, man, I made it 50. Maybe I'll go to 60 and maybe I'll, I'll I'll, have a drink. And then I get to 60 and I'm like, man, I am feeling good. I lost weight. My skin started looking better. And then I was like, man, I'm actually looking better. Then I hit 90 days. and I'm like, wow, I'm at 90. What makes me think I can probably go another 10 or 20 days. So I do. Boom. Then next thing you know, I'm 100. Then I'm, then I'm 150, then 200 then I'm like, man, I'm almost a year. And then I was just like, you know what? And then I'm still going to bars, but drinking water. And then I realized, well, that's no fun because you can't, it's hard to tolerate drunk people. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I'm like, man, I just, I just would go home, you know? And then, um, and then the next thing you know, and then, yeah, there's a lot of boring days and, you know, uneventful days, but next thing you know, I'm a year and I'm not, I'm not nearly dealing with the, dealing with the cravings I used to. I mean, for the first two months, I'm not going to lie to you, I was eating a lot, <laughs> a lot of sugar. I was craving cakes and cupcakes and candy bars. But um, yeah, now I, I just, uh, I'm a week, I'm a year and a week now.
0: That's amazing. A little
1: over a week. Yeah.
0: You know, I mean, I think for anyone listening, like that's so inspiring and just how you said, like, you know, for you, you clearly kind of took it in steps. It was like, okay, 10 days. Okay. 20 days. Okay. I'm kind of craving one, but okay. Now I went 30 days. And like, you really checked in with yourself and had that self-discipline to be able to just keep going and allow yourself to see what would happen if you actually got to a year, which like now here you are.
1: Right. And then another thing that I found fascinating is if you want the fountain of youth Stop drinking. I, I reversed my age by like at least 10 years. <laughs> Seriously, if people want to look better, stop drinking. Promise you. My hair started growing back on my head. I, I was like starting to lose my hair a little bit. I mean, I was, my skin wasn't looking good. And now I got a full set of hair. My skin looks vibrant and good. Everything is healthy. So if people want to start, try to look younger, man, stop drinking.
0: Wow. I mean, you know, and especially being that, you know, we're recording this at the beginning of 2021, it's a good, it's a good, you know, I don't like to say resolutions, but it's a good intention to start, you know, the, the new year with, if you're looking to really, you know, be healthy and you're maybe doing a habit like drinking that isn't good for you, you know, it's something to think about trying not to do and do like what David did and say, Hey, I'm going to give it 10 days. Hey, I'm going to give it 20 days and be surprised at your own results. You know, I think like what I love about you is like, you know, you as much as you went through so much darkness, I don't think you realize like how much also of a warrior and champion you've been in your own life in the last year, you know, like you really did not only move yourself forward, but you were able to say like, okay, like I'm, I'm worth more. I'm going to show up for myself more. I'm going to do more. And, and by also doing that, then you were also helping others do that without even realizing it. And, you know, I think that that's such a big picture to your story now of why so many have gravitated to you, you know, online and follow your story and who you are, because you never lost who you were when you were, you know, this champion boxer and celebrity and all these things. But to you, you thought you did, because like you said, you lost your identity and you lost who you thought you were of self, but you were always you, you just lost the title and the headlines.
1: Yes. And that was my whole identity. So I was stripped naked of that, and then I had to reinvent myself. But the steps I took to do that, I had to sacrifice and, and go with blind faith. <laughs> do anything with blind faith. My whole career was blind faith. You know, every time I got in the ring, shit, I mean, yeah, I trained my hardest. I, but you don't ever really, you know, and no matter how confident I was, you don't know really if you're going to win. You know, it's like anything can happen. You know, no matter how confident I was, so my whole life has just been based on blind faith. And people need to stop being scared and trust faith. You know, have faith, trust in themselves, and and that that and, and they'll be surprised what they can accomplish. They'll be amazed at what they can accomplish.
0: I mean, so so beautifully said, and so honestly inspiring for you know anyone listening. It's like write that down because when you're having a dark moment because we've all been there like remember what David said and and look within you you know it's like this it's so interesting to me because it's like this whole conversation we've been having there's this theme like that we've just be coming through organically which is like everything really is within you everything you're sharing everything you did everything that you went through and came back to yourself it's all of you
1: yeah it is and you know we are co-creators of the Great Creator, you know, of God. We're branches off the same that one source of love and life, right? And it's like we are able to do anything we want to do because we have the permission of the Most High. So, why not do you? Why not live life for you and enjoy your life as long as you're not hurting anybody? Go for it. Go for all your dreams, you know. Um, and of course, you know outside circumstances will affect you and you can't stop that, but it's how you respond. It's how you respond. It's your attitude. Um, So for me, I just realized, you know, a a person that was really a huge uh, influence on my life and mentor that one of the, the, I learned a lot of great life lessons from, I had, you know, my trainers, Rocky Galarza, Joe Sullivan, uh, louis burke all my trainers were great trainers but one person that i learned the most from was a world champion a five-time world champion named johnny tapia out of albuquerque and he is he died in 2012 but that guy was an amazing amazing human being and that guy went through some shit you know that guy had a hard hard life he died five times he beat me
0: <laughs> he died
1: five times he came back and won five world championships the guy was amazing and people are familiar with him Johnny, Mi Vida Loca Tapia, I owe a lot to that guy because he taught me a lot of great life lessons. man.
0: Wow. I mean, so when, you know, you say, you know, you took these steps and you were able to move yourself forward, what would you maybe give others, you know, any kind of advice that if they're sitting here right now and they're listening and they're feeling inspired and they're like, all right, I want to, I want to make a change. I want to do something or I'm really, you know, in the dark and I'm trying to get out of it. Like what would be the first, steps that you can you know in a general stance that you would tell others that you think they should do
1: first of all they gotta understand that it's okay not to feel strong that's why you're in this addiction because you don't feel strong you need something you need something to handicap you need you need an escapism so that's okay accept that understand that um welcome it that's okay Every time I went into any fight in my life, I was terrified. I felt like a coward, but I had to get in there anyway. So what's the difference between the hero and the coward? There is no, the only difference is the hero does what the coward does not do, but they both feel the same. And that goes in everything in life. So you're you're not going to feel strong. It's going to be hard, but welcome that. Say, you know what? This is what it's about. Welcome it. My trainer's. Whenever I would cry before a fight or I'd feel scared or in doubt, they'd say, welcome this. You're alive. Welcome it. This is what you're feeling. This is real. This is real now. But you're going to beat this. You're going to go in there and you're going to surprise yourself and surprise everybody and knock this guy out. It's the same in life. Surprise yourself. Yes, you're not going to feel strong. That's why you're in this predicament. But just welcome it and say, I'm only human. I can only do so much. And move forward. Just take baby steps. You don't have to do anything. Um, you know, if, if you're, you know, you, everyone go at their own pace. I stopped completely, but maybe some people feel better. They stop instead of drinking a 12 pack every night, they knock it down to a six pack and then they, they go for a couple weeks at that. And then they knock it down to three beers and then two beers. And maybe they can stop that way, but make the necessary changes in your life to go in the right direction. Start moving in the right direction and you'll start feeling better about yourself. But I mean, that's just the best advice I can give.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's powerful, you know, and I think that could go for anyone in, you know, what they're going through, that they can apply that to, you know, their life. And I think that especially, obviously, right now with the pandemic, and I know for (laughs) us in California and complete, ridiculous, utter lockdown, it's been very intense for many, many people. And a lot of people, sadly, are turning to bad habits.
1: Yeah. And I, and I understand that, you know, this has been the hardest year for me to be sober, you know, I obviously.
0: bet, I I
1: mean, bet. <laughs> it'd be a lot easier for me to go to the bar and hit the, hit the bottle and, and just say, forget it, you know, but the, 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 to be honest with you, the hardest time I have is when I'm having like an Italian meal and I want a nice glass of red wine with it. You know, that's when I'm like, gosh, I just, I wish I just want to, and I'll talk about it. I'll be like, man, I really want that glass of red wine. And, and, but then it's like, I know I'm not going to do it because I've gone this far, but I like to talk about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I mean, I don't blame you. Red wine with Italian food is pretty pretty much the best.
1: (laughs) I I just, if I'm going in this direction already and I made it this far, listen, you know, I, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going
0: yeah i mean but but that's so inspiring and for anyone listening like you know write that down make a mental note you got to keep going got to keep going i mean that it's it really is like you know what we're all here for like david said from the beginning you know you're here to actually evolve and create and learn lessons and not just be here to just exist you're here for we're all here for a purpose
1: yeah and i always say too like in boxing my trainers used to tell me well you got to take the sweet with the sour you don't know what sweet is until you know what, you know, you, you got to have sour to know what sweet is. You're not going to always have the emotions of, of happiness and peace. You only learn to um, appreciate those emotions after you've been through uh, hatred and jealousy and humility and, and all those negative emotions that you think are negative. They're actually learning emotions. They're, they're actually positive within themselves. If you, learn to, to move forward from them and learn from them, you know? So what I'm dealing with right now is, um, I'm forcing myself, I'm forcing myself right now. You know, I've been through enough humility. I've been through enough heartache and and all those terrible emotions. I don't feel good to now. I feel like the peacefulness that I feel in my life right now, I'm trying to savor because I've never felt this. And I'm staying away from, and it hurts to stay away from certain people. But since I've changed my frequency and my vibration, I'm staying away. I'm not letting myself get sucked into that dense, denser vibration. I'm staying staying away from certain people, places, and things because I am protecting my energy now. And you start doing that when you start appreciating the peacefulness that you're in.
0: Wow. So powerful. I mean, that's, it's, it's so true. It's like, who do you align with? What makes you feel good? What's supportive to you? And it, it's true. It's, it's like when you make those changes in your life, you know, you do feel the difference physically, emotionally, mentally. I know I have, and, it, and it's a game changer.
1: You know, back in the day, it used to be all about my friends, all about the adventure, all about women, all about the next drinking binge. And now it's like, I just want to know I can sleep well at night. <laughs> my life's changed a lot, you know? So I, 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 it's amazing that I can sit by myself and be at peace. I was never, never, ever able to do that before. So for me now, that's one of my biggest accomplishments. It wasn't even on my radar two or three years ago you know, I'd be like, be able to sit alone. I mean, I didn't understand that I was dealing with such anxiety and stress, you know, and wow, how my life has changed.
0: Well, and to that, you know, you talk about like, you, you know, you feel like in a way, you know, you woke up, you know, a lot of people are talking about that now, right? The great awakening, people are waking up higher frequency, higher consciousness. I mean, what does that mean to you that you, you know, you have, Completely woken up, have stepped into like the power of David to your higher frequency of you. Like you just said, it's been a game changer in the way that you actually get to sleep. You could actually sit with yourself in the stillness. Like for those that are listening that maybe have not woken up yet though i do think most of my listeners have um you know what would you what would you share because i feel like this you know it's so interesting like there's so many conversations around this but for those that like are have really experienced it like someone like yourself i feel like it's really interesting to hear that individual's perspective
1: um the best way i can explain it is and i've learned this in a movie i just watched recently and I, i didn't just learn it but it was it was embedded more into my mind and my soul was it's the journey, not the destination. So stop looking at a destination. Enjoy the journey. Um, Enjoy the emotions you feel, even if they're bad, welcome them all. Um, And then try to understand them. Say, why am I feeling this way? Well, okay. Let me think about this. That's what makes us different from the other animals in the animal kingdom is because we can think our way through, think our way in and out of things. So, understand the emotions you have and the every thought you have brings an emotion, you know, whether it's from your past or something that you're anticipating in the future and then analyze that thought and say, why am I having this thought and that emotion that's connected to it? Why is that there? And then really think about that and break it down. And then you will stop being so scared. You'll start realizing everything is in your head, (laughs) everything. And I'm trying to get better at that because this is now a realization that I'm working on uh, currently. And I'm every time I have a negative emotion or I, I feel a certain way or whatever, I stop and I analyze the thought. And I think, okay, why am I feeling like this? Oh, that triggered this. That Then that triggered this. And then now that I'm in a negative mood because of that thought I had two hours ago or a day ago. And then I got to go back and say, okay, cut that off. And just be mindful of your thoughts. Does that make sense? And that that to me changes. That's the game changer. And so that's what I'm currently working on right now.
0: No, I love that you said that because I actually recently read in a book, Everything is Here to Help You with Matt Kahn like about meditation and it's that. And it's like says you have over... 700 to 800 thoughts that aren't even your own. They just come into your mind because of what you just said, what you're watching, what you're reading, whatever it may be that's around you, that's outside noise basically. And it comes into like your conscious and you start to process it and you think it's your own and you take it on as your own. And it's like, oh my gosh, over 700, 800 thoughts that aren't ours. Like how many things have I thought about that have actually drove me nuts that weren't even mine?
1: Right, and imagine now, the people that watch this, the news like CNN or Fox, oh man, do you understand what that's doing to Like that needs to be turned off. Or people that look at their phone too much, and I'm guilty of that. Like I'm trying to get better at that, but no success yet. I'll let you know when I have success at that.
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> I know, I get it.
1: I do have success at the TV. I do turn that off. I don't watch the mainstream news anymore because they're pushing narratives. They're inciting you. And it's for an agenda. And once people realize that, um, you know, they just turn it off. It's no good for you.
0: Oh, you're 100%. We don't have it on in our home. We turn it on if we like really need to hear something, but like we go elsewhere because it's like, you're right. It's all fear narrative. It's super dense. It's just like, how do I trigger you? How do I do this? How do I play with your emotions? And really, like, I think for a lot of us that have woken up it's like we realize that you know society in general like that's really what they've been doing between magazines television like everything that's around you is conditioning you to feel certain ways or trigger certain emotions or mess with how you feel instead of letting you come back to source and saying like no i i am enough as me and i can work through this as me i don't need something else outside of me
1: right and i agree with you and i think a lot of i think another set of thinking that, that's dangerous and I'm just going to say this a lot of people say like oh how could you say that is this whole uh, manifesting way of thinking um, look you know a lot of people are like I would love to just think myself into having a Ferrari or think <laughs> it doesn't work that way there's a lot of outside you know it's like saying the guy that got in a car accident went through the windshield manifested that you know there's a lot of outside circumstances that happen to you and don't beat yourself up over it Forgive yourself. There's things that happen in life that you're out of that are not in your control. And once you realize that, then guess what happens? You give it to God. Okay. You stop looking at yourself like, oh, I'm God. I can do everything. No, you're not. You're a part of God, you're an extension of God. But stop putting that burden on yourself. That to me is demonic. Okay. So when you start realizing that outside circumstances are going to happen, They're going to hit you hard. Life's going to hit you hard, but it's how you respond. Then life gets easier. You start, you stop swimming against the current and you go with the current.
0: Yeah. I just got chills when you said that. Cause it's so true. It's like, the more you fight it, the more that it becomes a problem, the more that it triggers, the more that it just creates more crap. Yeah. And it's like if you just let go, I mean, it's true. And it's like, I mean, you saying that I, I love that because it's like, hello, we all just went through 2020. We all learned we don't have control. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, um, and it's like, it's true. It's like, you know, and look, I, you know, especially being, you know, out in California now for 10 and a half years, I definitely have gotten into the, idea of manifesting but i have to say even in my own life like i have realized that when i am working on manifesting for me it is you know manifesting and prayer and meditation and it's a lot of things combined and then it's the action behind it i don't just like wishfully hope something happens it's like i do things to continue to put it out in the universe and put the work behind it to make it happen
1: right you got to put the work behind it correct but sometimes you'll fall short and you can't beat yourself up over that so true you Take the lesson it gives you And and you move on, you know, Um, because you're going to take it so much harder if you always feel everything's your fault, your fault, your fault. I should have manifested this correctly. It doesn't work like that, man. There are outside circumstances that hit you and it's called life, you know, so um, and when you when you learn to to release that and embrace God and you know I don't know why people just have something that are so against God now I guess because they think of some guy in the clouds with a beard and a pair of testicles telling you what to do <laughs> you know, sure, I mean if you want to view that as your God that's up to you but I look at it as source energy and love and 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 it's uh, we all belong to it so um, that that's my outlook and viewpoint from that but um, I've learned to forgive myself more and and uh, I had to do that in order to stop drinking. I had to forgive myself for all the times I was drunk and thrown in jail and maybe knock somebody out or did something bad or whatever. I had to forgive myself for all that and allow myself to heal and at least give myself a chance and, and, you know, let go and let God.
0: Oh, I love that You said that I recently heard the other day, reveal it to heal it. And that really sat with me. And what you just said about forgiving yourself and allowing that healing it's, it's so true.
1: Right. You have to, you have to forgive yourself because if you don't, you can never move forward. You're always going to be held back. You'll always be holding yourself back. And I've done that for a long time in my life. And I still do. I still have that habit at sometimes where I do that, you know, but, but I'm learning. I'm, and I'm, I'm always actively learning. I'm always actively trying to break these chains of bondage that I have that are in my mind, you know? So, I'm happy to say that I am breaking them and I'm trying to do, um, improve myself daily.
0: Good for you. I mean, I mean, and that's all you can do, right? Well, and so what, what, what do you do to help yourself break those bondages? Like, what are, are there things that like, are your routine that you step into now that like helps you do that or what? I
1: try to, I try to give myself a routine every day and do a little more every day or, um, like, let's say like, Oh, today I'm going to do, like, I have to work out every day. I have to go in the gym and release anxiety and, and all that. I have to go to the gym and do that every day. So, I and then I'll say, okay, I'm going to do two or maybe I'll try to do two. Instead of three or four podcasts, I'm going to do two podcasts in a day and, and go work out. Make sure I get my workout in because that's the most important thing to me. I just start balancing. It's about balancing everything. So, I'm trying to learn how to manage my time better and balance better. And whatever I can do, I can do. Whatever I can't do, I can't do. Like, if I have to cancel on somebody, I don't beat myself up over that. I'm saying, man, I have to take care of myself. I'm learning. I've been getting sick so much lately. And I always did. When I was fighting, I'd get sick two or three times a year. And I'd go into fights sometimes with 102 fever. Wow. And, and it's because I overwork and I overdo things. And now that's something that I'm realizing now, even when I'm sober and knocking out four or five podcasts a day. And I'm like, man, sometimes I got to cancel on people and say, dude, I can't do it. I'm not feeling up for it. Or uh, I can only now I'm realizing how to manage my time. And I'm like, okay, I can only do one or two a day. And then I have to have the rest of the day where I can either go work out, take a nap, go check on some properties. I got to have my free time. Otherwise you're just a slave. You're just a slave. So that's what I'm working on now. And that's what I'm trying to get better at.
0: Yeah. Good for you. And guys, you know, write that down. I mean, like don't feel bad about canceling don't feel bad about checking in with yourself and being able to go do things for yourself everything else will be there and that's something I honestly David have had to learn as a you know mom of two and entrepreneur and everything it's like I have had to cancel on many things and I used to beat myself up over everything I think that's what was a huge part of my postpartum depression with my first daughter it was like every time I would cancel something I was supposed to do, I felt horrible. And I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I canceled this. I can't believe I'm not showing up. And now with my second, I'm like, Oh, well, sorry, I can't make it. I've got two little ones. And like, it's just not happening. And it's, it is like this grace and release and ease that you just described that like is just so peaceful for me now, but it used to be something I fought with daily.
1: Yeah. And, and also I'm dealing with boredom <laughs> What I used to think was so, like, anytime, anytime during the day I had inactivity or I wasn't doing anything, I would feel guilty. Now I'm embracing it, and I think that's, that's, a part of, that's something that 2020 taught me, to be honest, was I, was I was a workaholic, and I was either in the bars as an alcoholic or I was out uh, training or working out or, you know, I was constantly go, 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 go. 2020, 2020 taught me how to be still. And, and know that that's okay. And enjoy it and embrace it, you know. I learned that in 2020 for sure.
0: I think that's an awesome message. I think a lot of us learned that. I mean, it was like all of us were on autopilot is how I felt. And then, like, the brakes screeched to a halt. And we're all like, whoa, what just happened?
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. And and that's just trying to better myself every day and, and figure out little, little ways to do so, you know. And let me say this. I would have never been able to do this drinking because I would have gone, I would have been distracting myself with drinks and bars and the same old habits and then dealing with hangovers. I would have never ever bettered myself.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think that's a lot of people, you know, I've said that to a lot of people when they're like, you know, 2020 was a hard year. And I'm like, yeah, it was. But at the same time, what you just described, your work, everything you've done, how you've evolved. I mean, I really feel like so many maybe don't even realize it, how much they've evolved and things have changed in their lives for the better. I know for my life, and I've been trying to really recognize that and be grateful for that.
1: It's been a 2020 has been one hell of a year, man, but I look at it as a, the great awakening. Like I said before, it's the great awakening people and it's not comfortable to wake up. It's never no. you know, <laughs> wakes up like all oh, that, you know, it's like boom, you know, like so there's a lot of growing pains in this. And let me say, you know, people that I go up 2020 is be so much better. Uh no, I think it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be 2020 was just the start, but 2021 will be you gotta buckle up, folks. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say.
0: Yeah. I, you know, it's funny you say that because I said it to my husband and I'm like, man, you, since I woke up, I felt crazy. I would use it. i have growing pains. I mean, every emotion under the sun, but it's funny, like going into 2021, you're right. There's so many people are like, Oh, new year. And in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm at peace knowing that this is not going to be what people think it's going to be like, but I'm at peace. Thank God in my, in my heart and in my soul, because I feel like I've done so much of my own work in 2020 that i'm able to feel somewhat peaceful
1: yeah and that's and that to me is everything now i just want to feel at peace and that's what i'm working towards and i never thought like it used to be before everything was about adventure and stimulation now it's just man i just want to have a good life and be at peace
0: yeah well David, this was such an inspiring interview i so appreciate how you know real and raw you shared your journey and you know all the amazing things you're doing tell us and tell my you know listeners where they can find you and follow you on social and your amazing show and platform that you have and you know and and what's to come is there anything that you want to share as far as you know promoting yourself i'm going to let you plug yourself
1: (laughs) (laughs) well i appreciate it yeah they can reach me at david nino rodriguez official on instagram and then nino boxer on twitter and parlor and uh nino's corner dot TV Nino's plural ninos corner dot TV is my own little TV channel that I do my rants and have interviews. Um and uh, no right now I'm just I'm just riding the wave to be honest with you. That's that's how I view life right now. I, I always uh, my analogy that I compare life to now it used to be boxing and fighting and and I would always compare boxing to life you know the microcosm and the macrocosm but now I related to surfing. I just I'm I've caught this wave and I'm writing it in and enjoying it.
0: Good for you. Well, and you you certainly you know certainly earned it. So you know that that's awesome. And you guys, by the way, I am subscribed to his amazing show. I'm not just saying that because he's on here. I have subscribed to Nino's Corner TV. It is so worth the subscription. He has such incredible interviews and just like mind-boggling conversations and really opens your eyes and you know perspective up and it's it's really really cool so you guys should check it out everything will be in the show notes david thank you so much for being here and really for being like such a light and so inspiring to so many
1: you've got it thank you so much thank you for having me I really really appreciate
0: Ali thank you till next time guys stay inspired bye. bye thanks for listening to everything with Ali Levine If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe. Tune in weekly for new episodes and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired.